92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hi, this is Bob Gruen, rock and roll photographer from New York, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in Five Songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased as always to be part of this vast and always growing Pantheon Podcast network. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this episode, um, episode 87, I'm calling this the Mod Revival. We always have to keep these titles short. Um, I was thinking of calling it the Mod Revival, question mark, or the Mod Revival, a wider view or a wider angle, something like that. But it started getting to be too many words. And um, I'm going to give you that wider angle and the ramifications of this Mod Revival, question mark here uh, in the episode, but not so much in the title. So the title is just the Mod Revival. All right. What are we talking about here? So first off, to go back to the mid-60s, there was this whole thing about um, mod, mods and rockers, right? We aren't so far from the original um, rock and roll era. So there became these subcultures in Britain. Um, one was saying that really uh, all this new pop that's coming out post-Beatles into the Kinks and Herman's Hermits and you know early Rolling Stones and uh, the Small Faces and the High Numbers, which became the Who, there was, there was this reaction against this stuff saying, no, only rock and roll is the real legitimate early rock and roll from six, seven years earlier kind of thing. So that was the rockers, right? Um, and then there was this uh, subculture called the mods, and this is the young kids getting into this new music. It's a mix of garage rock with Northern Soul. Um, there's all this dancing in these sweaty basement clubs and whatnot. Um, and this culture grew up around kind of the long coats, uh, taking speed, um, and having these Vespa and Lambretta scooters. And uh, you know, with the with the uh, you've seen all the cool pictures with the uh, you know multiple ten. 15, 20 mirrors uh, hanging off the sides and you're doubling someone, you're roaring down the road and you're going to have a big uh, dust up at Brighton Beach and all this kind of stuff. So so this was a culture that grew up that was somewhat a fashion culture uh, at a really cool one, actually, um, and really new and fresh and really young kids um, with their own with their own new music. Um, but, you know, frankly, was it much of a, mu a musical movement at the time? I'm not so sure. It was definitely, definitely led by the who with, uh, with that new logo and the, and the, um, and the Union Jack and definitely the kinks with the Ray Davies type storytelling of middle-class life, um, suburban life. Um, you know, the, the strife of being frankly a punk, this is before punks, right? Um, 
So it was a cool culture. And then the small faces, of course, with Steve Marriott. And there was a certain even page boy sort of haircut that went, went, went along with this. Um, and, you know, like, like, uh, like my good buddy Ralph Chapman always says, very smart music guy, the Beatles invented everything. And, and in a sense, they invented mod as well, because so many of the musical touchstones came from the Beatles. You think of those Paul McCartney, uh, McCartney bass lines. Um, and even the look of the Beatles, this, this sort of in the suits look, because that was the other thing with mod. There was this, uh, you know, dressing nicely in suits and ties and stuff like that, uh, but then going out and having a punch up or whatever, right? So, but this isn't about mod. This is about the mod revival. So, what is the mod revival? Um, let's uh, let's move into our first track, uh, which is sort of an intermediate year, and uh, and we'll start discussing what is the mod revival. Uh, take a listen to this. This is the Who with the Dirty Jobs. <laughs> Right, so this is off of the double concept album Quadrophenia, came out October 26, 1973, and it is a big, long, involved, cool, not not so terribly complex, really, but just a just a big story celebrating uh, the memory of the mod era. We're up into 1973. The Who is a is a long veteran, you know. Some some might say, uh, you know, big, way removed from uh, way removed from their roots uh, band at this point. But here they are. With with that iconic album cover with the mod bike and the guy looking back through the mirror or whatever. Um, and making this double album, which is a, which is a narrative about, uh, mod life and growing up mod and not having a, you know, not having a lot of avenues and taking drugs and staying speeding and staying up all night. And, uh, you know, and then that iconic thing, uh, well, actually we'll get to that in a minute, but, um, so, so this is uh, this is not the year of the mod revival. And 1973 is not the year of the mod revival, but this kind of starts it. And why does it start it? Because the year of the mod revival, you know, the big year is 1979. And what happens? Uh, September 14th, 1979. Finally, a Quadrophenia uh, film gets off the ground, and Sting is in it. Um, and it's and it's a pretty cool rock and roll cult movie. It doesn't do really big, but it's a big part of the mod revival. Um, so yeah, the who super important as, as kind of, um, possibly the most iconic mod band, 65, 66, that, that era. Um, and then they make this, this album celebrating the whole thing. So Quadrophenia, you could almost call it as the, the mod Bible. And then the movie comes out, uh, and we've got a mod revival on, but, uh, let's move on to our second track and we shall discuss how this interleaves with this band. This is the jam with Thick as Thieves. All 
right, so this is off of uh, the fourth album, Setting Suns. It comes out November 16th, 1979, an important date, because remember, this is, just, uh, this is just two months after the Quadrophenia film comes out. Um, but this band, led by Paul Weller, uh, had already put out In the City in 77. This is The Modern World in 77. All Mod Cons in 78. They would go on to put out Sound Effects in 80 and The Gift in 82. Um I worship this band. Um, you know, I've often said in videos and podcasts or whatever, when people talk about, you know, favorite bands of all time, that's that's one thing and that's a little more complicated. But my answer for, you know, what bands have you played the most in the last 20 years? I would say um, that's The Clutch, The Damned, The Jam, XTC. Uh, those would all be way up there in the bands I've played the most in the last 20 years. I worship the jam. I play these albums all the time. Not so much a fan of the last album, The Gift, or the first album, In the City, a little bit too raw, but I love this middle section of the band. And essentially, um, the Mod Revival, why I wanted to almost put a question mark on this title, is it was almost entirely led by The Jam. The Jam was a huge band in the UK. The records sold, the full-length records. They had singles all the time that were way up the top of the charts. An amazing, amazing band. Young guys. They they had the mod look in the suits that were too tight and the, and the, um, the page boy haircuts. Just a trio, right? Um, and... Uh, and they had an album called All Mod Cons. Uh, this is the modern world, right? Um, and the sound was definitely a, a rough kind of punky version of, um, of the kinks in a lot of ways um, with, those, with those great bass lines and buzzy bass and just all these really neat songs like, uh, you know, Smithers Jones and uh, uh, David Watts and like all these songs, you know, that had names in them and that, and that were about, you know, growing up and being despondent and sullen and wondering what you're going to do with your life. I mean, and, you know, the jam in the early days, so by virtue of them having two albums in 77, they get linked with the punk thing, but they're, but they're much, much more way out on their own, uh, creating almost single-handedly uh, this mod revival thing. So they're starting it in 77, uh, moving it through 78. We get the movie in 79. We get the big album. Uh, all you know, Setting Suns was a huge album for them. Um, what else we got on Setting Suns here? Strange Town. Little Boy Soldiers is amazing. The Eaton Riot Rifles uh, uh, is amazing. Girl on the Phone, such a cool little song. Um, yeah, there's the Private Hell. Butterfly Collector. Yeah, some of these are pretty mellow, um, but but essentially, Paul Weller is uh, the new Ray Davies, um, you know, just as cool as Ray Davies. I, they're both legends uh, to me in my mind. Um, all right, let's take a break. We'll be right back and talk about another dimension of this thing. All right, back again here on History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, episode 87, The Mod Revival. Let's take a listen to our third selection, and we shall discuss. This is The Chords with Maybe Tomorrow. Watch 
All right, so I had to pick something here to say, well, well you know, is there really a mod revival if it's only about a, a friggin' movie and uh, the jam? No, uh, because there was a little bit more to it. Um, I think this is the best band of the actual mod revival. Um, the other big bands were the likes of the Purple Hearts, the Lambrettas, and Secret Affair. And they're all pretty good. They're all about the, the same, I, I think, in, in my opinion, as how good they are. Um, Except for maybe Secret Affair, I'd put them a little bit down. But Purple Hearts, Lambrettas, and Chords, you know, they're essentially um, they're essentially uh, jam wannabes in a way. But you know, because I worship the jam so much, even a jam wannabe is a is a pretty cool band to me. Um, so so I like what these bands did. Um, but the thing is, they never got very famous at all. They're very obscure. Um, not a lot of full length albums. Uh, although granted, there were a lot of singles. And then you know. Th there's been a lot of, um, just like any subculture, there's been a lot of living off the legend of the past over the years with live stuff and compilations and, you know, reissues and all that sort of thing. So so this thing had had or has a life of its own. And like me, I think a lot of people who look at this mod revival, question mark, um, wish there was more to it. So we cling to... Um, anything there really ever was because there wasn't really a lot um so uh so there you go there's sort of the um you know the the um i guess you would call it the cornerstones or the or the more you know usual sensible things you need to have a revival which is baby bands doing this thing uh, again so these are these are fast fast bands with uh with an element of what you would call power pop to them an element of what you would call pub rock a little bit of northern soul you know i i think as the 80s come around i think there's a there's a uptick in uh in record collecting culture as well and northern soul became a massive massive uh collector's thing with uh, those singles you know moving for hundreds of dollars and thousands of dollars um so Northern Soul was a was a big part of this whole thing, and of course Paul Weller from the Jam, uh, you know, busted up the Jam. It was pretty acrimonious, a lot of a lot of drama, and he went on to to form this band called the Style Council, which is even more soulful and quite annoying, actually, very very kind of grating '80s production values and stuff. Don't know a lot of fans of the Style Council, but they they persisted for quite a while. Um, but of course, the jam is absolutely amazing. One of the greatest bands of all time. Um, all right. So uh, I'm going to say a little more about the wider, you know, throw the pebble into the pool and, and see what happens uh, when we get to the end. But um, here's something I want to discuss as, uh, as almost like an alternate history of the mod revival or why I call it a wider view of the, uh, of the mod revival. Take a listen to this. This is Pete Townsend with Keep On Working. Take away. Hear the sea sing, I see a smiling face I think we're okay, but we all could be mad Well that's what they say, we just can't all be bad I got something now to think about I work all day, but not to pay it out Keep on working, keep on working Okay, so why is Pete in here? So Pete, Pete is, uh, I mean, God love him. You know, you look at him in, in 1966 and 1967 and that, and that look, that haircut, the big nose, the gangly guy, the outsider, the misfit, the genius, the noisemaker, the guitar destroyer, the, you know, the, the nascent inventor of hard rock with, um, his use of uh, Marshall, uh, Marshall amps and fuzz pedals and feedback and all that stuff. Um, 
you know, if there's one guy um, who invented mod, you know, I mean, it comes down to Steve Marriott, Pete Townsend, and Ray Davies, doesn't it? But but I say Pete, um, you know, exemplifies it almost perfectly. Um, so that's one reason I want to include him in this idea of the mod revival. But April 21st, 1980, we're right in the thick of it. The other cool thing, and the reason uh, what this represents more so, is that this is a rebirth of The Who after after Keith Moon dies. So you get face dances. A lot of people didn't like it, but swear to God, I mean, just a, a few days ago, we did an episode of our YouTube show called The Contrarians, where one of us has to pick an odd choice for your favorite album by a band. And yes, I went on and argued that Face Dances is actually my favorite Who album. Um, take a load of that one. But anyways, before you get upset, go go watch that episode and, and see why I said that. Anyways, the point is, is they have Face Dances. They have It's Hard in 1982, but Pete has this beautiful, gorgeous album called Empty Glass, which goes platinum, April 21st, 80. And then he has an even better album called All the Best Cowboys Have Chinese Eyes. It doesn't do quite as well because it's very weird. Um, but I, I swear part of this mod revival thing to me um, has a lot to do with the cult of Pete Townsend across these two great solo albums and the cult of uh, The Who rising again after Keith dying with these two Who albums, albeit not greatly received. One of the cool things about uh, them that ties them to mod as well is that the new drummer is Kenny Jones, who came from uh, the Small Faces, right? Small Faces, not just Faces? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, anyways, and and you look at his face, and his face is a mod face too, right? Uh, he, he just looks like he should be a mod guy as well. So there's a wider ripple there for you. You know, this is, and, and of course, this is coming off of the Who Quadrophenia, you know, so Quadrophenia was a movie, but it was also a soundtrack album, which was like a condensed version of the original Quadrophenia album from 1973. And then side four, that was just a bunch of old uh, kind of rock and soul classics by other people. I I thought it was kind of pointless. Uh, all remixed. Uh, this is uh, remixed by John Entwistle, this stuff uh, as well. So, and and I think there's some edits that go on as well. So so three sides of that is uh, is kind of derived and some new songs, which is kind of neat. So I think there's three or four new tracks on there. So so that soundtrack album is is a pretty cool thing too. So you've got that. Um, all right, let's move on to our fifth and last selection, and uh, I'll argue why this is part of this mod revival too. Take a listen to this. This is the Kinks with Moving Pictures. Looking as pretty as a picture. Whoa, no. All right. Not quite Rush moving pictures, but anyways, Kinks moving pictures. So why I think the Kinks are part of this thing too is that the Kinks are the other quintessential original mod band, but um, they also have uh, kind of a neat resurgence, uh, you know, uh, in their career. They never quite made it very big. Um, they were always around. They were always selling your 200,000 copies kind of thing, um, you know, through all those albums. They were always in the news, big, bigger in the 60s than they kind of ever were. The 70s, they just kind of went along. They were very prolific, made a lot of cool albums, Misfits and Sleepwalker and all that stuff. Um, but the low-budget album... 
July 10th, 1979. So, so like we say, uh, you know, this period, summer into fall of 1979, is is the is the hottest period of the mod revival, if there's any sort of mod revival whatsoever, right? Um, but so this low budget album uh, is a bit of a hit for them, and then uh, up into 1982 or 1983, uh, give the people what they want is also a hit album for them, and then they have some hits on all the albums moving forward, right? Um, you know, your um, what the heck are they called? Uh, word of mouth and all those kinds of things. Uh, State of confusion. Um, but I saw that I actually saw the Kinks around this time, uh, and it was pretty cool. And and yeah, they they were doing well. So we've got a Who revival, we've got a Kinks revival, we've got the Jam doing amazing in the UK. They never quite broke in the states, but they're just going great guns and being very prolific. So what is that? One, two, three, four, five, six albums between seventy-seven and eighty-two for those guys. Um, so that is our last selection here. Um, but what I also wanted to mention about this mod revival in terms of the, the wider ripples, right? So, so part of this, um, uh, part of the mod revival, you could say, um, rolls into the area, let's stay in the UK for a minute. So it rolls into the area of post-punk. So there's a lot of bands that kind of blur, blur the thing here. So, so just like the jam kind of were a post-punk band, even right from the start, um, they had their own version of post-punk, which leaned into mod, but there were other bands like, uh, the records, which is a fantastic band. They had a, they had a debut. I can't remember what it was called, but they had the second album was called crashes. Both of those are amazing, amazing records. Um, but you would call them a power pop band, even though they kind of looked a bit like a mod band, um, but power pop, you know, from the small faces, uh, you know, that, that sort of uh, integrity or heritage or whatever, um, power pop is a big deal uh, in the whole idea of, um, of mod and the mod revival. Um, so you had power pop like that. You also had this thing with, uh, with the two-tone band. So the two-tone, even from the fashion point of view, looked a little mod. Um, but you had the specials and madness and the English beat. Um, and then that also had a big sort of Northern soul element to it. And it had a reggae element to it, of course, as well. Uh, so ska, right. It's ska is kind of like sped up reggae. Um, but that was, that was somewhat, um, you know, crossover with this whole idea of mod revival, even, even a band like XTC. I can hear a lot of, um, a lot of mod revival, at least, uh, in the lyrics of XTC, um, and just the general pop sense of XTC, although they are a lot more avant-garde um, than a mod band, band would be or should be. Um, and just I wanted to mention one other thing uh, along the way, just a little bit about the, the subculture part of this thing. Um, so there was a there was a, a rockers revival like that bleeds into this idea of Teddy Boys. And you want to see some crazy, crazy fashion. Go Google uh, and, you know, click on images. Put in Teddy Boys or Teddy Boy Revival. Take a look at that stuff those guys wore. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. All these things have, all these things have fancy names to these British people um, about what they're wearing. What, what is one of them? Brothel Creepers. I think that's the name of the shoe, right? Drape jackets, right? That these big, crazy, you know, purple length, you know, long jackets that they would hair that that they would wear. They had the hair with the big pompadours going, like really greased back and and stuck up hair. Um, so you know, this is mixed in with. So you got rockers, rockabilly, right? Is all part of this rockabilly music. Might you might call that the music of the rockers or the Teddy Boys? Um, but these mod people. Would, would go out and fight these rockers in the 60s. And then as time moves on, you've got 
you know, they bring back the fighting culture. You'd go and have a have a big uh, rumble, right, uh, between the mods, and now it would be the Teddy Boys. And then mixed into this whole thing would be there were there were skinheads in the late '60s into the early '70s, and then later on, you were you know you would kind of call it the skinhead revival. So you had a skinhead revival, and their music as you get up into '79, '80, '81, '82 is uh, is uk hardcore right the post-punk that is actually not not artsy fartsy post-punk but the post-punk that is even more punk than the original punk which i always argue starts with the uk subs but moves into your cockney rejects and all that stuff right um and then and then obviously there's a big california thing but that's that's a whole different thing but but in the uk so you've you've got these subcultures um and then you move into the casuals um you know at, are the, are they the ones that wear the nice uh, sweaters you know you'd go out and you know they they'd go out uh, on on these big you know football drinking trips to italy and stuff and they'd and they'd they'd all swarm into stores and and steal all this high fashion and and wear that around i, I can't remember the the brand name but anyways so the, this whole thing about casuals with these sweaters you know draped around the you know very weird right it's so cool all this stuff um but but yeah so so uh so the mod revival is mixed up in in literally uh all of these other subcultures at the same time teddy boy revival skinhead revival casuals and that um and then the last thing i wanted to say is that um this kind of this kind of bleeds over into something you get out of America too, and and that is the idea of you know it's called post punk in the UK, but in America you kind of got new wave, and then we would also call it skinny tie new wave, right? And so bands like even Cheap Trick, right, with the with the with the kind of uh, the suit look um, of Rick Nielsen and a little bit of that music with the Beatles thing, right? You got to have a lot of Beatles to your to your mod uh, in 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 some respects, and and Cheap Trick were kind of like that. You had a little bit of that that look and feel in the cars um you know the romantics anything that you would call anything that you would call new wave in america uh, around this time so so that kind of fits the thing as well and the last thing i wanted to mention is there's almost like an extra ripple when you get up into Britpop with blur and oasis and uh, and liam and noel and and you know they're sort of like uh be befriending and i think there were pictures of them quite often with paul weller so paul weller is the godfather of this whole thing by this point right paul's gone on to a big massive solo career um very successful in the UK again. Uh, but yeah, this whole thing, the whole culture came back again in 95, 96 with, uh, with Oasis mania and, uh, you know, the, the scooters and the, and the, and the mirrors on the scooters and the, and, you know, all the lights and, uh, and, and the long, the long drapey coats, um, you know, the little glasses, all that stuff. And definitely Oasis and Blur and all these bands had that big, um, that big uh, legacy of uh, of the Beatles, a lot of Beatles in their sound. All right, so there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, the last thing I want to say about this is just to wrap it all up and say again why I almost called this the mod revival with a question mark is it was it was a little bit of a fizzle. Um, it really was led by one band. Seventy five percent of the damn thing was one band, and that's the Jam. And then, uh, and then, like I like I kind of argue here, um, you could say a little bit of it was uh, was a renaissance for the Who and a renaissance for the Kinks. And then the other thing was a movie. And then the other thing was a handful of baby bands that weren't even all that good, right? So there you go. Um, 
If you like this show, you want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, uh, .com slash Martin Popoff. Please hit that red support button. As usual, uh, you know, the weeks kind of eke out a minor victory by the end of it with uh, God love you, all of you who are contributing to this thing. And it, and it works out to kind of a kind of a, a weekly little pay uh, when this all happens by week's end. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of always close kind of thing. But uh, on that front, I do want to thank this week bruce campbell patrick connor tim derling david fisher jeremy french michael ladano kevin latham augustin garcia de paredes brian sager jared shelton andrew smith wkwl martin comma llc there you go um thanks again and thanks for uh keeping the facebook page uh hopping man so many ideas there and when, even before i did this episode i went through them all again and it just it just pains me that i'm not able to actually use a lot of the ideas because there's always three or four or five negatives that that cause me to to like stop uh working on uh, the idea that that you know I I can't go in and and explain it looks like I'm just kind of ignoring or or like or like brushing it off but um yeah it's really weird so, so many of the ideas are close but no cigar I I I think what am I going to talk about can I really talk for 25 minutes on these things and then and then I usually come to the uh, conclusion that I can't I do have a bunch of ideas in the hopper please keep giving me ideas as well um, I as, as you see I mean I I have actually uh, done done a few of them lately uh, this mod one definitely comes out of left field so I hope you enjoyed it it's a little little weird history lesson um, but but go go look this stuff up it's pretty cool go look at the pictures try out some of these bands if you like uh you know kind of what i said about them um and on that front i will uh, i will leave you with that of course martin popoff fingers crossed i get rebel rouser a sweet user manual tomorrow so that may not be up at my site for a while but i'll definitely have them so you can email me at martinp at inforamp.net or hit me up on facebook uh if you're interested in that one uh thanks for now um Go uh, jump on your scooter and uh, ride around and uh, come home and play some mod. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only. Right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.